What specifically would you do that you aren't currently able to because your health condition is holding you back? Welcome to Balance Health Now podcast. I'm your certified functional nutrition health coach and your host, Sydney Torres. My passion is helping women balance their hormones naturally and improve gut function. Being a health detective, finding the underlining root causes. My other passion is speaking to other health and wellness warriors who share the same vision, wellness for all. We chat all things A to Z on holistic health and wellness, providing holistic and science-based solutions to help you reclaim your health so you can live, feel, and transform into the best version of you. If you don't have your health, then what do you have? I release new episodes every Wednesday. Hope to see you inside. This podcast is meant for educational purposes only. The content should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure any medical or psychological disorder. Hello, I have a special returning guest today, Rachel Posner. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Sydney? I'm doing good. I just want to say um, this is the second time that you have been on my podcast. And today we are going to be talking about what happens to our nervous systems when our nervous systems become dysregulated. And um, it's called polyvagal theory. And I never really knew about polyvagal theory until you brought it to my attention. So I'm just really excited to talk about uh, what polyvagal is, about the nervous system, about um, stress, and just how to bring back balance into our nervous systems. Because we just live in such a stressful world, like stress today is, it's unrelenting from like our jobs to relationships, just to life balance. So um, I kind of get to pick your brain, I get to ask you questions. And this is just a really good learning experience for me too. So I'm just excited that, you know, you are able just to share your knowledge and just be able to help people kind of calm down the flames of like stress and the stress response. But before we get into the good stuff, um, if you haven't already checked out the first episode Rachel was on, um, it is called Mindfulness, Connecting the Body, Mind, and Soul. It's a really good episode. And she even does a little mini meditation, which is really, really nice. So I just want to, um, if you could just tell us who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, I'm Rachel Posner. I am a yoga therapist and a mindfulness coach. And essentially what I do is help people regulate their nervous system. If I was going to, I could say that in a million different ways, people often come to me because they're stressed out or they've heard about mindfulness and they're trying to figure out what it is and how it can help them. But the underlying thing, or maybe you could say the umbrella thing that I'm doing, I do it in lots of different ways, but it's really just to help people regulate their nervous system which is another way of saying, get them into rest and digest, get you feeling relaxed and centered and grounded so that you can handle the stressors in life without getting dysregulated, which is another way of saying without moving into fight, flight, or freeze. 
Right. If you could just kind of like, if we could just kind of set the stage and if you could just talk about, because it's just such an interesting word. Like, I don't want to get too hung up on the word, but just polyvagal. Just if you could just <laughs> give us a very simplistic definition of that. Okay. So um, the theory, which is more than a theory now, it's it's a pr- it's proven, there's evidence. Um, it was started by Stephen Porges, who is a neuroscientist. And he was looking into the fight-flight response. So we've all heard about fight-flight, right? A stressor comes in and our tendency is to want to either flee the scene or fight. And sometimes we go into freeze. So oftentimes we've heard about those things things kind of linked together, but polybagel theory shows us that these are different systems. So just to give you a totally kind of basic foundation, you have your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic is the one that makes you feel super stressed out. It's often called the fight flight system. And the parasympathetic is often called rest and digest. That's where we should be all day long. Every so often we get a little spike in that fight flight response. We calm it down and we go back to business, right? These days, oftentimes we're in that sympathetic response a whole lot, even though we're not really in danger. It's just that we have so many things on our list that we start getting more and more kind of amped up. And pretty soon those stressors send a message to our brain to turn on that fight flight response. It's basically like our brain gets a mistaken message that we're in danger. We're not actually in danger. We just have too many things to do is really what's going on. So um, in the polyvagal theory, we're not just going into fight or flight. Sometimes we go into freeze. So let's say I am actually being threatened. Let's say I'm in danger. My first natural response will be to flee. Like that's the safest thing. I don't want to get in a fight. I want to get out of there. But sometimes the danger is such that I can't flee. Maybe it's a literal, you know, physical danger where fleeing isn't possible. Then my next response will be to fight. Both of those things are part of your sympathetic response. And how your body handles when you have to fight or flight is it gives you more glucose. It raises your heart rate. It kind of shuts down all the systems in your body that aren't essential to fight or flee. Reproductive system, digestive system, all that stuff kind of goes offline so that you can have the energy to fight or flee. And that involves a lot of cortisol and and adrenaline that make us feel uncomfortable, that make us feel super stressed out. If you can't fight or flee, neither one of those works, we freeze. That's that reptilian response. We start to shut down and kind of play dead. So in an extreme situation, that would literally be us moving into collapse And what polyvagal theory shows us is that that's a different system. It's not part of that sympathetic response. It's an extreme parasympathetic response called the dorsal vagal, which helps us to shut down our our blood pressure drops, our heart rate drops. And in moments of extreme danger, we get a lot of endorphins to handle the pain that we might be in. And we can also mentally, psychologically dissociate So that if it's a really traumatic experience, you don't actually have to consciously be there. So in my opinion, this is sort of the nervous system's genius. It's an amazing thing if you're having a traumatic experience to sometimes move into freeze if fight flight isn't working, right? Because you can help yourself by shutting down, by checking out. The problem 
in today's day and age is that oftentimes we're not in a traumatic experience. We're just dealing with the daily stressors. And when we get so overwhelmed, we can start to either go into that fight flight response or sometimes even in the freeze response. It doesn't mean that I'm necessarily moving all the way into that collapsed place, but I might start scrolling. I might start spacing out. I might start getting what you could call disembodied or dissociated because I'm just too stressed out to deal anymore. So what I love about that theory is it helps us to understand the different ways that we deal with stress. And it also helps us to figure out how to rewire that so we don't so easily move into those dysregulated spaces so that we can stay right here, deal with the stressor as a challenge versus as a thing that just totally overwhelms us and brings us into those fight, flight, and freeze responses. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for explaining that. And I just feel that it is so important that you are bringing awareness because we are not taught this. We are not taught these things in school. We're not really taught about like the intricate parts of our nervous system. We're just kind of like, they just kind of like floss over it a little bit, but the more we know, the more power we can get. And we can just start to recognize like, Hey, I'm, I'm stuck. You know, it, it makes me think of somebody like walking upstairs, you know, they're just kind of getting stuck on one stair and they're not able to move up and they're not able to move down. And just like you said, if they're stuck on like that one step for a long period, period of time, it just, you just have like that cascade of health, uh, health challenges, you know, just like, I just want to like follow up on what you were saying, you know, like we, um, I work with women, like with hormones, like balancing their hormones naturally. So a lot of these women that come to me are in that chronic stressed state. And then it's like your stomach acid shuts down. And then if you don't have enough stomach acid, you're not able to break down your food and then you're not able to digest and then it just has like that cascading effect. And then, like you said, like the hormones just get all wacky. Those shut down because the body prioritizes, you know, in order what needs to be done first. So if we're always in that stressed fight or flight state, then the body is not going to work as efficiently as it could. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, what are some different um, ways or different cues that somebody could start to recognize and say, hey, wait a minute, um, I'm going down a path that I shouldn't be going right, going down right now? Mm -hmm. um, so a cue that maybe is a little bit late in the game, but so what I want to say is mindfulness takes a lot of different kinds of subtlety, right? Sometimes it's really hard to notice things. Some things are easier to notice. So something that would be easy to notice is I really sort of lost it just now when my child couldn't find their shoes. Like I did not respond appropriately for, <laughs> for that situation. And I mean, I'm a mom. So as a parent, I know that that definitely happens. There are some times when I'm late, my kids are late, and I am not super stressed, and I can totally handle it really well, and everybody moves faster because I am nice and calm. There are other times when I'm already stressed out, and I don't handle it well, and then 
of course it takes even longer because I'm kind of flying off the handle. So when you notice that you are responding to a situation, a conflict in a way that feels a little out of sorts, especially when you look back on it in the moment, it's hard to notice, but five minutes later, you're usually able to notice I overreacted. That's an indication that you are in fight or flight. So what happens in, in our stressful lives is that if you kind of think of fight or flight on a scale of one to 10, let's say at about five, this isn't scientific, just to give you an example. Let's say around five, you're starting to release adrenaline and cortisol. Those are the things that do exactly what you just said. They stop the hormones, they stop the digestive movement, they stop the reproductive system, they put everything on hold so we can handle the situation. Let's say that starts at a five. If I wake up in the morning and two minutes after waking up, I'm already stressed thinking about my day, I'm probably already at a three, right? So by the time the kids are also late. I'm going into a five. I'm releasing adrenaline and cortisol, and I'm certainly not in danger. I'm just frustrated and a little overstressed. But if I can catch myself before I get to that three or four, if I can wake up and give myself 20 breaths, like a long, slow exhale with a belly breath, those are the kind of tools that help us to shift into that parasympathetic system. So I have a zillion tools that I could offer that you could do throughout the day, just every so often, like at the top of the hour for two minutes, I'm going to breathe or for two minutes, I'm going to listen to the sounds in the room. Anything that you can do to really bring your focus into your present moment experience, not the past or future stuff that you're worrying about, but just the present moment experience of being in your body. Anytime you do that, you calm that sympathetic response and make your way into that rest and digest parasympathetic system. Just focus. So mindfulness, essentially the, the, by definition, is paying attention to the present moment without judgment. And there's lots of things in our present moment we could pay attention to. All of that will help you calm down. You know, when I was, um, when I, I Googled our, our topic today, I came across somebody and she was talking about how with the polyvagal theory and everything, how that relates to chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And I just found that so interesting because she was saying, I, I hope I'm reciting this back correctly, but she was saying with like, um, she explained it like a staircase and she had, I think, uh, rest and digest at like the top of the staircase. And I want to say uh, the dorsal sympathetic in the middle. But well, anyway, she was saying how she, I guess she works with a lot of people who have chronic back pain and just chronic back pain and just pain all throughout their body. And when she's working with like, I guess, these clients, she said that a lot of times they're like, yeah, I, I've been doing stretching. I've been doing this, but the pain just won't get away. I mean, go away. So what she does is she helps to rebalance their nervous systems. And I guess she was saying on like that physiological level, the dorsal side is like on the back of our spine. If we go through anything traumatic or frightening or just anything she says like those emotions and fear and trauma get trapped within the muscles so she said a lot of times if you are doing those stretches um and it's not being relieved 
you know, to maybe look into like rebalancing um, the nervous system and doing some of the techniques that you spoke about, which I found mm-hmm. was just very interesting because, yeah. you know, like we suffer from so many different like aches and pains. And I'm just so thankful that we are able to make the connections, you know, mm-hmm. like who would have ever like really thought like, okay, I'm having this chronic pain in my shoulder you know, uh, how many people actually relate that to some kind of like traumatic experience or the nervous system being dysregulated? Mm -hmm. So this is a lot of what I do as a yoga therapist is I help people use the body in the therapeutic process. And it's true. What we find is that when there is trauma, generally there's a kind of tension that moves into the body. Of course, we brace in the face of, of trauma and that bracing can sort of hold some of that experience in. And oftentimes in trauma, um, not all of those memories are online, right? When we are in that dorsal experience where we're starting to dissociate, where we're moving into that freeze response, we don't always remember those things clearly, but they are still held in the body, almost like a memory. So when you start to do some of this work, sometimes those memories arise. Sometimes the tension just dissipates and not doesn't necessarily mean that everything comes back online in terms of like in in a cognitive way. Um, But yeah, and just to kind of go back for a second to the stairway, you're right. We start with the parasympathetic response on the top. And in polyvagal theory, that's called the vagal vagus. And then there's the sympathetic, which is fight or flight. And then at the bottom of the stairs is the dorsal. And dorsal is when we start to check out. And especially for women who have experienced trauma or even just chronic stress, it doesn't have to be trauma. Because we're women, there's a vulnerability in that, especially if the trauma involves someone older than us or a man, depending on our age and the time span. So oftentimes fight or flight didn't work. And so we learned that dorsal freeze response. And it's why we can kind of habitually, even when we're not experiencing trauma, move into a dorsal response, which is again, that freeze response instead of the fight flight. I'm not saying there are plenty of us that are totally happy to move into fight, right? Like I'm not suggesting all women are moving into dorsal, but um, we basically develop habits in our nervous system. So if we've had a habit at an earlier period in life of moving into either fight or flight or freeze, that will still be our tendency. And doing this work with the nervous system to regulate the nervous system can help to rewire that tendency so that we can keep ourselves in that parasympathetic rest and digest response more of the time. Yeah, I I, I think that's so great. I I think this, gosh, I, I know that you have, um, what I want to talk about next is I know you have a course um, coming out to help people to start to regulate their nervous systems. Could you just share that with us? Sure. And the course is called Cultivating Calm and Connection, 30 Days to Rewire Your Nervous System. Pretty self-explanatory. It's a mouthful, but it tells you kind of everything you need to know. In terms of polyvagal theory, what we know is that the quickest way to bring your nervous system back into a calm place and to bring yourself back into a calm place is by feeling safe, cultivating experiences of safety and calm, and by connection. So we always feel safer when we're connected. Like if you wanna do something hard, 
you're more likely to do it with a friend because when we're with someone, we just feel braver, right? It's not just right. that it's more fun, but we actually access more of our strength and our resilience when we're feeling connected. So this course is a 30-day experience where I go into more detail around polyvagal theory. I help students kind of see where they are on that staircase. And we learn how to cultivate calm and connection and deeper feelings of safety. Um, so that at the end of 30 days, what I hope is that we're not all, of course, I'm certainly not walking around fully regulated every minute of the day, but I have the tools that I need. So when I get dysregulated, I know how to bring myself back. And because I practice with those tools off and on throughout the day, again, I'm not talking about three hours of seated meditation. I'm talking about two minutes at the top of the hour, different kinds of practices that we can do to help ourselves feel more calm because I have those tools, when I get dysregulated, it's pretty short-lived. And I don't get dysregulated as often as I used to. And I also can kind of see, oh, I'm sort of checking out, like this requires a different tool than when I'm feeling really agitated in that fight or flight response, because those two um, responses are coming again from different systems. And so they need different tools. So the course helps you recognize all of that and address it. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm going to put all of Rachel's links in the show notes. So if you are interested, I highly, highly encourage you to sign up for this 30 day program. And it like 30 days is really not that long. I mean, you do the 30 days and it's going to have a lifelong beneficial effect. So I just wanted to kind of like follow up on what you said you know, like I know at times when I get dysregulated, it's just bringing yourself back, mm -hmm. which is the tricky part. And I know sometimes it's just so easy just to like spiral like that airplane just out of control. And you're just like, oh, yep, I've spiraled too far and there's no coming back. But I want to <laughs> say, you know, there you can come back if you are like spiraling out of control. And it's so important that you A, take care of yourself, um, not only like your mental health, but your physical health as well. And just to have all the tools at your disposal. And, you know, you learn these tools and then you can share them with your family. You can share them with your friends. And I, I, I like that you're doing this, Rachel, because it's just like the ripple effect, mm -hmm. you know, like how powerful is that in itself is just, you help yourself and then you're able to help everybody around you. And then those set of people can do the same thing. And before you know it, you know, nobody has uh, dysregulated nervous systems, right? In the perfect world. Right. I mean, the coolest thing that I, one of the coolest things is because what you're talking about in terms of this ripple effect is really co-regulation. So what that means is when my nervous system is calm, it helps your nervous system to be calm. Our nervous systems, when we're with people, even on Zoom, are constantly sort of checking in with the tone of voice, the voice tone, the gestures. We're checking in in all these ways unconsciously with the people that we're around. So the simplicity of getting ourselves kind of into a calm place does really have a cascade effect. Everyone around us is helped by our calm nervous system, which I just find like goosebumpy. That's an amazing thing. What a gift. 
It is. What a gift. What a gift. So one last question. So what is one thing you would tell somebody they could do for their health? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> I want to say um, just in terms of cultivating calm and connection, I've been reading the um, the New York Times well section this this week, which has been really focused on connections. And it really comes right back into polyvagal theory that one of the best ways you can care for your health is by feeling connected and supported. It is two times, I think that health outcomes are two times better. And I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to say this, but it's more important to be um, connected than to be fit. <laughs> so I could reference some, um, some research if you wanna put it in your notes, but I would say if you wanna take care of your health, get connected and not just with your partner or your kid, but like in lots of different ways, who do you work with? Like, where can you kind of reach out those tendrils and feel deeper connections with more people in your life that goes such a long way towards health and happiness? It does. I agree. And I, I did read something about that as well on the same lines is when we're connected, you know, it just has like, it boosts up like the immunity as well. Exactly. So it's it's just kind of like a win-win all around. Yeah. So what, what I didn't mention is this course um, is done in community. It's not a course that you just do on your own. There are pieces that you bring with you, but we meet five times once a week in community and um, we're in it together. So a, one of the reasons that this course works is because we're not making community hypothetical. We are in it as we move through those 30 days. That's, that's awesome. So, and it's, um, so just so I'm clear, so you guys meet five times during community and is there like online modules that they have to complete yeah. as well? So we have five modules, one a week, we meet together on zoom live. You have the replay if you can't make one of the weeks, but in general, people try to be there all five times. And then after that meeting, you'll, you have an online platform and you'll have different practices and homework assignments that you can do throughout the week. It's not hugely time consuming. It's an hour and a half meeting once a week. And then I'd say about 15, 20 minutes a day. Yes, you could get away with less, but that's kind of an ideal. And um, so it's not a huge time commitment, but it's, um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good way to spend 15 or 20 minutes a day for sure. And just one last question. Now, uh -huh. is there any recommended age group? Now, would this be good for like teens? I think I think of it as young adult to any age whatsoever. But I think high school um, is better done with other high school students. Because what okay. I find is when I work with, because in my private practice, I will work with teens. And I find that in a group setting, they do better with other people in their age group. And so sometimes I do offer something more specific for teens. And certainly when people from groups reach out to me, I create private courses for them, but I wouldn't recommend high school age or younger to be in an adult group for this particular class. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Thank you for the clarification on that. And are there any last thoughts that you wanted to share? Um, yeah, I just love talking to you, Sydney. <laughs> it's nice to be a return guest and, um, you have so much wisdom to share. And so I'm just loving your podcast and listening to all the things that you share with me. So I want to thank you for welcoming me back. 
Oh, you're so sweet. I know. I I like, we could talk like all day long, you know, about like health and wellness. Like we geek out about this kind of stuff, you know, and just being yeah. able to share our knowledge just with the community is, you know, like that's, that's my purpose and that's my mission. And I really enjoy it. Me too. Me too. Oh, actually I would just add that um, you'll get my um, website and you are totally welcome to just reach out to me. I answer my emails. And so if anyone in your audience is having questions and um, yeah, they can just reach out. They can find me through my, through my website address, which they'll have in the show notes. And I'd love to chat. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And once again, everything's going to be in the show notes. So if you're driving or you've got, uh, you're on your walk and you're listening to it, like on your iPad or something like that, um, everything will be located in the show notes. And thank you so much, Rachel, for just being here today and hanging out. Thanks for having me. Wait, don't go just yet. If you like today's episode, please leave a review. This way, the message of health and wellness can get shared with others. If you ever want to hang out, you can find me on Instagram at Balance Health Now. Until next time, stay well.